This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Hunter? Christopher. You know it annoys me to no end when people start jacking my style. Yeah, of course. I hate it when these people jack my style. And this week, I learned that a very prominent political figure Uh started jacking my style. I, I totally know where this is going and am definitely up to date on how your style's been jacked. Chucky! Little Chucky Shoom Shoom. Oh, what did this man do? Oh, he gets on a podcast. He's chitting and chatting, just like I do. He doesn't. And he drops the retard bomb. (gasps) And here I was, thinking that was my thing, to say retard in 2021 (laughs) on a podcast. And the Democratic majority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, thinks he could just say it willy-nilly. over here jacking my style you know honestly christopher i i i didn't see where you're going with that i did hear that story it's a great story thank you so much democratic party second (laughs) i thought what you were going to say was he said get tested and that's where i was at the end of the episode he did tell everyone to get tested which i thought was too far he's an avid carl pooling listener so well and look we take the we take the compliment with the criticism, right? Like, you shouldn't be out there jacking my style. You shouldn't be yes. out there thinking that you can say retard on a podcast like I can say retard on a podcast. Yes. Um, however, we appreciate the compliment. And if you or, or someone you love recently did see or communicate with Chuck Schumer, perfect time to get tested. I'll double down. But Nice. Yeah, Hunter, the, what a great story. And then the media establishment came out and said he used out... out moded an outmoded language right it's ridiculous do you know what i think it is honestly uh does it start with an r i think it's retarded i think i think it's a retarded story i win Uh, anyway welcome back um those of you uh in the carl pooling community riding the carl pooling bus Regardless of the length of that bus, we're happy to have you here. It's a show that you're not allowed to listen to because it'll get you fired. We talk about all the things that you're not supposed to have an opinion on, be they religion, politics, art, philosophy, drama, science, etc., etc. And we've got another, <laughs> well, should I say, big show planned for you today, Hunter. Jeez, it's already starting. <laughs> That'll make more sense here in a minute. But uh, let's check in. Let's check in. Hunter, how's your week been? What's new? How are you feeling? Oh, my God, dude. I'm literally exhausted. But that's cool. okay. That's the boring. People Moving right t- along. <laughs> the people demanded content, Chris. And gosh dang it, I'm going to give it to them. Is anyone... I think, Hunter, it's a little bit, it's a little bit inconsiderate that you're out here uh, jacking Whitney Houston's style. Yeah. By yeah. being sleepy all the time. That's my, that's Sorry. my number one jam. Is that too jam. soon? I Technically, don't know. I don't know. I, I don't um, know. Don't do heroin. Fair. Again. Fair enough. So, gang, we're going to get into it. We've got a whole lot to talk about today. I, I'm just going to warn you right from the knuckle, not one of our most important shows. <laughs> Look, we had... We had our Israel special, which if you put them together, uh, creates the words to one of the greatest psalms of all time. You're welcome. Which is, if, a, if I forget thee, Jerusalem, let me forget the skill of my right hand. Uh, beautiful, poetic. We talked about tarantulas and Nietzsche and breaking down the ancient critique that couldn't be more relevant than it is today. We had episodes like Happy Warrior remembering and carrying on the torch hopefully of andrew breitbart and episodes like call your dad talking about the 
infinitesimally nearsightedness of engaging in mob behavior and critical race theory. But Hunter, today we're going to talk about a TikTok video. But yeah. before we do that, it is your privilege by being a member of the carpooling elite to hear Hunter deliver to you, hand deliver to you, in a succulent and savory envelope this week's roadkill hunter yes uh, one of a kind audio envelope uh let me see i'm just gonna break the saliva seal Ew. there it is <laughs> now i don't even want to open up real letters i know it's so gross hey, hey hunter you work re- in an office yeah yeah do you guys have one of those fake tongues to lick the envelope for you we don't you know we what i'm talking about that. though it's like I a, it's a little don't want to know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. A little fake tongue. Mm. They keep them in offices. Ugh. I, I really want to meet the person who was like, you know what would be a great way to seal these envelopes and not spread diseases? Fake tongue. Fake tongue. Fake tongue. <laughs> you know? Using a real tongue? Very dangerous. Yeah. Fake tongue. That's 2021 approved, baby. That's right. Even Anthony Fauci's out here like, you should wear a mask and a fake tongue. <laughs> Whenever possible. Oh, and then you just like greet people. Greet greet people. <laughs> you greet people. Hunter, it's one of France. my favorite cocktails, the greet people. Uh, <laughs> oh man, let me uh, just kick us off with our roadkill. Tell tell uh, the folks what roadkill is. We've got some new listeners this week, Hunter. I'm almost sure of it. Hold on, let me sure. check. Yes, I feel them. I sense their presence. Oh wow, great. Uh, roadkill is where we make something. F- we make fun of something the left did this week that doesn't need us to make fun of it because it's dead already, but gosh dang it, we're going to do it anyway. That's right. Uh, this week, hot off the presses, Lin-Manuel Miranda has given us just a uh, glorious let's just start. Bit. Let's just start that from the top, Hunter. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I, did I mess By up? A a consonant, By a consonant, Hunter. They're free, I think. Oh, man. Did I mention I was tired yet? Uh, <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda apologizes for not enough dark-skinned Afro-Latino actors in his n- new film. Uh, you know, because that matters. Basically, Christopher, people are really mad that In the Heights has Afro-Latinos in it, but that they are light-skinned or white-passing uh, individuals and the fact that there aren't a lot of dark-skinned individuals and i'm meaning like hue here h-u-e hue you know there aren't a lot of uh dark-hued individuals that this is somehow colorism or something like that okay so, help me out so yep because okay so afro-latinos i believe the term is used to imply somebody that was purchased from africa as a slave and delivered to the Caribbean or Latin American areas, and then effectively that is their that is their heredity now in the Americas. That um, sounds correct. Uh, are you saying that they were in the movie, but they there weren't enough of them, or they weren't? No. Okay, hit they me with this one more time. They were in the movie. They were in the movie. Yep, but they weren't dark skinned enough. Okay, so you, you all hold on. I got this one. You all go to hell right now. <laughs> I am so. Are you serious? There, yes. he apologized because they, their skin wasn't dark enough. Yes. What? Yes. These people just, are obsessed. Let's just uh, let's do this real quick. I'm seeing the discussion around Afro-Latino representation in our films this weekend, and it's clear that many in our dark-skinned Afro-Latino community community don't feel sufficiently represented within it particularly among the leading roles i can feel the hurt and frustration over colorism of feeling still unseen in the feedback are you manuel miranda you might know him from hamilton you've got to be kidding me i'm not kidding you Uh, there's nothing okay (laughs) we're going to get to a point where you're oppressed if you're not personally in every movie. 
Yes. Like, in fact, I'm very impressed I'm not in a film at this point. It's ridiculous. Uh, the color? The hue? I, I the can't hue. believe he actually said it. I literally can't believe those are his words. Not the Afro-Latino community. It literally, the dark-skinned. The dark-skinned. Uh, you're a separate community now because you're a few shades darker? Are you kidding me? Know what? Yes. No. No. I go back the other way. Y'all don't go to hell. Run for office. If you believe in this crap, run for office. Fractionate your coalition until the dark, till, till there's a. Till a, the dark skins are fighting against the olive skins. I want a veritable Sherwin Williams palette sample of parties, is what I want. I want you to be the most dysfunctional, ignorant, might I say, Chuck Schumer might, retarded Ooh. group of political policies and political parties. I want a, a different. A different party for every different value. And then you guys can just get clobbered year after year after year by the intelligent people that don't give a crap about what paint you came in. Oh, my God. I can't believe yeah. this. And yeah. Lynn, you know what? When Lynn, when he apologized about Hamilton, because, you know, he was, which is like the, the wokest woke. But right. they didn't make it about the oppression of black people. He was telling the story about white people. And so we got flack and everything like that. I was like, you bow down to the monster at your own peril. And so his next seminal piece, other than the music that he wrote for Moana or whatever, his next piece is going to be all about all about this Latino community in, in New York. And it's not enough. It's not enough. Not only did he acknowledge the Afro Latinos in it, but Hunter, they were not, <laughs> they were too well illuminated. Yes, yes. You know, and it's weird too, Christopher. And it's, there's all the stuff that's just bizarre about this, but it's also just such a, I mean, I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda is a fantastic artist. Like, there's, there's no sure, denying no that doubt. he knows, he knows what he's doing here. And it's, 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 it's really upsetting because it's so sad that we're losing the art that Lin-Manuel Miranda could be accomplishing in front of us. And it's so propagandistic. It's so political. Mm -hmm. And so it's not going to last beyond these centuries. I don't believe. Oh no, it's cheapening the artwork for sure. Right. And you know, I think, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, think about the other, the other news from the, from the woke art world that's come out this week. We've had Tom Hanks, basically getting dragged because he's not racist but he's not anti-racist right right right. because his he's making stories about white men which is wrong now um which by the way is just openly racist even though you just call it not anti-racist and then the second second bit um what about this new megan the stallion song that's that's targeting a mythical right-wing conservative congressperson that was so bizarre because the, I guess do we want to like talk about like the first like half minute of that music video because uh, like I have thoughts but I don't know if we want to. Honestly, the last half minute is really the disturbing part to me. I didn't I didn't watch anything beyond the the beginning of it because You know what? I, I'm legitimately going so to tell our audience not to watch it. I know I usually say go at your own peril. There's nothing yeah. edifying about anything about it. Don't watch there, it. There isn't. I just watched the first half a minute because it, it does that skit with the congressman that you kind of referenced there at the beginning. But it immediately, once it got to the music portion of it, it was just so disgusting, raunchy, and dis- and horrible. I was done at that mm. point. But and what I hear is you're a quitter, Hunter. Okay, fair enough. No uh, problems. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it ends with uh, him having a operation done by Megan the Stallion, which I'm just going to say she was not properly dressed Licensed. to be operating. Um, wow. And it, it, he basically had a genitalia grafted to his face, and not the one that you're thinking. And it's just the the. Oh my god! It is the oldest. The oldest. I read. A, I read a review about it in Pitchfork, which I, I guess I knew where I was going when I went to Pitchfork. But sure, it is the oldest joke. It's the uh, it's the oldest put down. It's like, and one that they claim is inappropriate, like you're a p word, right? Like it's right, like right, that right. lame. That lame, and it's the the triumphant, resounding crescendo of her new rebuttal to conservative culture. This is going to kind of fit into my point a little bit with Lynn manuel Miranda to some extent is how, you know, just this nonsense cheapens our art. 
you know, I'm not a huge fan of like 90s and 80s movies because typically it's some very action dude doing very action dude things and being like, I guess I'll have to save the president, you know, like that. And I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Hold on a minute, Hunter. Jason Statham apparently has joined our, our, our Discord call. <laughs> yeah, get That was here. uncanny. Uncanny Statham there. Thank you. But and, – and, and so – those movies are just one dimensional they're not interesting right the the guys in them are womanizers and things like that and so every yeah. once in a while there's something that shines through and it's great there but that like that genre. the matrix it's like how do you make that story boring right exactly right um right and so that genre that era just has some trouble and with that so then the solution was, hey, we're not having enough women in these roles. I got a great idea. What if we make them act like all the jerk, idiot dudes <laughs> yeah. that we put in these movies that suck and everybody knows they do? Hey, that's a great idea. And why don't they just like be womanizers themselves or dudeizers? I don't know. Menonizers will just why you know, choose? figure it out. Porque why no choose? los dos hombres. Right. And I, it's just like, is that it? And we're just getting such cheap... Um, art because people are feeling this ap- need to address the politics of their day and not mm-hmm. in nuanced ways in the most juvenile ways most of the time think about think about the juxtaposition of a heartfelt story and heartfelt heartfelt writing focused around meaning uh, and the american family and you juxtapose that to these other woker movies. Like, what I think about all the time, and I know what you're thinking. All the time? Yes, all the time. The dichotomy between things like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Lady Bird. Yeah. The, La- Lady Bird is a woke darling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Fresh Prince was a monster. Uh, it was so impactful made me cry several times still probably would if i watched the right episodes it was funny it was happy it was forward looking it talked about the strength of a family to overcome hard times ladybird is this woke darling about finding yourself at the expense of all others and it's it falls so flat i think what you're saying is absolutely correct on her even low budget <laughs> Not not that Fresh Prince was low budget, but comparatively, low right. technology, yes. um, television, yeah, television can outshine and and have a better longevity than these you know beautiful thought out in air quotes indie movies that are preachy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 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 Um, it, it, I think I think it all falls in there. Like, of course, Megan the Stallion was never going to make anything that was worth watching uh, yeah. for the vast majority of us. But but you know, now Lin Manuel Miranda, it's like you're making movies that are being diverse for the sake of being diverse, and there's nothing wrong with with that. But then you preach it at everyone, and it gets really annoying. And then on top of that, it's still not enough. It's still not yeah. enough to appease the little wokists in your tribe. So. Uh, big joke. It's all a big, big joke. I, I, I truly can't believe though. I, this is both the worst news and the best news that right. they're consider they're concerned about the actual melanin Pigment. content yeah. of yep. among the same race. It's insanity. There's it's no insanity. end to the fractionation. And you know what? Go listen to earlier episodes of Carl Pooling. We've been saying this for years at this point. That this will continue on until. They left either kills us all, dies itself, or comes to the realization that the proper level of uh, the the proper level of magnification upon which to build society is the individual. Because next to it will be darker skinned and lighter skinned than extra dark and medium and light medium, and then it will be well extra dark medium light skinned with green eyes. You know we're gonna keep going, but green eyes that aren't very tall. And and green eyes that are pregnant, but right now, and like and green eyes that are pregnant right now that have Parkinson's, like it, there's not going to be an end to this process, right. and it's just bizarre to see it playing out in real time. Well, I mean, this is the whole black trans lives matter, yeah, deal, right. It's the same thing, except it's getting where that was like a clearly established like 
cultural play where you could see people make an argument at. This one is like where it's Hugh now. It's Hugh. Yeah. Right. Well, it's you not know. black and it's not a specific kind of black. Right. It's a specific kind of black at a, spe- at a specific color range. Yeah. That's straight crazy. These people crazy. have brain worms. Seriously, that is brain worms. Um, Chuck Schumer would say retarded. Uh, I might, I might or might not. I might or might not. I (laughs) I actually said it first. All right. Hunter, while we're talking about Dane Bramage, why stop at Hugh? Like I said, today we're not going to talk about the most impactful uh, topic. We actually were trying to pull some guests together for a really cool episode, hopefully coming in the next couple weeks, about Prosperity Gospel and the Name It and Claim It movement, which uh, I think we'll have a, a really cool discussion about. Not so much because it's something that needs to be put down, but because there's so much to learn in studying the verses that those folks get wrong. That's my take. A little preview. So we've le- important things on the horizon, but suffice to say, tonight will not be one of those. Hunter, what are we discussing tonight? Um, we're We're just going to discuss this lady who made a tiktok video that told us that uh basically um uh being make saying that a person is fat is racist awesome (laughs) yep and let me preface this don't look this person up don't go be mean to her in any way not that our listeners really would but we're not we're not after this person her name is hannah fullendorf um, she is a counselor and a fat liberationist because you know how it's legal to enslave fat people. Yeah, yeah, I've got forty of them right now corralled uh, in my backyard. Why would uh, you even want to enslave fat people? They're gonna do like two chores and get winded. <laughs> it's just not practical. No, maybe as like chefs, but even then, that's true. Paula Dean can get. Get, I mean, she can mix it up. And let's be no honest, she's no looked better in theory. Sure. I sure. don't know actually about that. Sure. Hunter, you know what chef I really like that has a few extra pounds but carries it really well? And Burrell. Guy Burrell. Fieri. No. Oh. Guy Fieri. <laughs> you said Guy Fieri's sister. <laughs> but see, I know, literally, I think the female <laughs> version of that. So yeah. anyway, this this lady, Hannah, Hannah Fullendorf, came to prominence this week because... She posted a video to a um, it's a Chinese Communist Party platform called TikTok. I think that's yes. how you pronounce it. Um, and it got it got uh, almost half a million views. So we're uh, definitely not punching down, unless you no. mean in terms of physicality, in which Rude. case we certainly are punching down. I don't think that's um, typically what people say. You know. You know, it's reach. Let's it's turn. Reach. It's turn. Well, see, Hunter, I don't think she could reach very far either in a oh, fight because my Lord. <laughs> she can't fully extend her arm in front of her. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I think it's, Christopher, uh, it's clear. It's obstructed by the weight. Oh my goodness! I think it's the right way. It's it's an occlusion. Okay. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So we're definitely punching up <laughs> in terms of reach, <laughs> and we want to talk about it. Why are we talking about this? Well, for a couple reasons. One, because it's hilarious. Two, because these arguments are being made fast and furious by a number of influencers on the left. You know, it was Bill Maher talking last week um, when he got in a little spat with the short one, Hunter, Kevin Hart. He got in okay. a little spat with Kevin Hart because Kevin Hart said that white power and white privilege is at an all-time high. And how th- that's demonstrably how. false, right? That's demonstrably right. false, right? It's coming from an influential person, correct? But here's the key takeaway Bill Maher said something that was really prescient that the critical flaw of this woke culture is that people feel empowered to make arguments that aren't based in any facts or any logic or any represent correct. any correct. representation of the truth I'm so or happy reality. You're saying this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, are we picking on this one video? Yes, but the reason is because these people feel as though they can make these arguments in the public square and they are free to do so because they've 
thrown together a couple of words from the woke lexicon. And to challenge these arguments is an indictment from these arguments. That's to say, to consider, uh, what is it, fat phobia? Do they call it fat phobia or like obesititis or... Anyway, sure. to to, ch- sure. to challenge the idea that fat phobia isn't ruined, rooted in racism is a racist and fat phobic thing to do because you're not listening to the stories of miserable fat people. So that's, that's why it's important, I think, to take these, take these stories in, which at best are hilarious, at worst are enraging, mm-hmm. to dismantle them logically and see what parts of them may or may not be true. It's a practice that you need to develop because we're overwhelmed right now. We're, we're being swamped right. by terrible ideas gathering plenty of attention and support. I, I honestly think this is something that everybody should practice. Whenever you read a headline, whenever you read a headline, immediately say no. Just whatever the headline is, just say no first and then read it or think about it, or whatever it is you need to do there to like contemplate the idea and see if the idea is, A, something that you agree with, that you know the research and facts behind, or two, do you need to read the article to understand more about what's going on here? But you're so inundated with what people are saying through all these methods, and they are basically, headlines are like this, you know, uh, Warshock test, right? And so just agree that your initial reaction to anything you hear on the internet through a headline, through the title of a video, through anything like that is, I will disagree with this. Now I will make a logical conclusion. But you teach yourself to say no, to keep yourself from just going, well, why? Well, yes, of course. You yeah. know, and like doing that very logical, just no, and then think. Right. And, and, and just that's absolutely right, Hunter. Because that's exactly the thought process that people aren't engaging in, which lets this get the kind of traction that it's getting. Right, and, exactly. And, and there's another reason, too, is that these people aren't doing it because they believe that they've actually cornered the market on some here to unknown aspect of human psychology. Mm-hmm. They know that if they use these words or connect these ideas, and especially if they do it in a holier-than-thou manner, that they can cash in on social currency that they did not earn. Mm, that's it's exactly right. the veritable golden corral of social currency. Oh, wow. um, and... As you'll see, as we go through these claims, this individual stayed stayed for several meals. I mean, she <laughs> she got there right at the end of lunch and kind of dragged it out through dinner, no uh, which I think she knows a thing or two about. So first, we're going to do a little quiz, Hunter, before we get into the text. Okay. Uh, and write in, please. CarlPooling at gmail.com, a CarlPooling contest. If you write in, and we're on the honor system here. But if you write in on the day that this episode releases with the proper answer before I tell you, you will indeed win a free Discord chat with Hunter and I. Um, so, the big Ooh. deal. Big deal. But we're, we'd love to do it. So, what color is Hannah Ludenhorff's hair? Am I supposed to answer? Do you no, we're just give pausing briefly for some time for someone to compose an email. Okay, I'm listening for the email composure. Okay, and the header, and wow. the body. No All right, that should be enough time. Send. Okay. Okay. The answer is blue. What a surprise. <laughs> Honestly, if anybody didn't get that, you, you're not getting a free Skype call or a free Discord call. You have to stop listening to the show. That's um, right. Please unsubscribe. Anyway, she's in the video. She's uh, her, her hair is blue, and... Um, it's kind of framing what might be considered a, a marshmallow stacked upon 50 more squeezed together marshmallows. Um, am I being fat phobic yet? So the, the text on the video said fat phobia is rooted in racism. And uh, let's, let's start going through the text. And we're, what we're going to do is we're just going to do exactly what we were encouraging you to do. We're going to dismantle this logically. We're going to think about the facts. We're going to talk about why this may or may not be true. If there's any validity to the claim, let's give her an honest shot. And then at the end, decide for ourselves, is this claim reasonable? And if not, why do we think this exists? And why do we think that this went viral? 
important questions to answer and an important skill as you engage with this stuff throughout your day-to-day life. Okay, Hunter, uh, do you want to read us the first portion of her transcript? I will. Um, Hannah begins with, here's your reminder that fat phobia is rooted in racism. Sick. So right off the beginning, let's, let's not dive into it too deep right now. Sure. The words, here's your reminder, I believe are going to become incredibly important in deciphering the why of this video, but let's give her a chance before we, before let's let her get out of the cradle before we kill the baby. Okay. That's a saying now. Is it? Okay, great. Um, I'm going to kill that baby. Uh, as always, if you haven't read this book, go do that. And she holds a book up in the video, and the title of the book is Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. By uh, Dr. Sabrina Stings, I believe. Yes, um, and strings, she does. But, you know. If, if you don't swat her when she gets too close. Oh, no. uh, so, anyway, I'm not going to read that book. Sorry. Uh, not, I've, there's just so many things to read. I'm like, going to buy that book. I'm going to give it to my dog. And I'm <laughs> going to let that dog pee slash eat that book. Whichever what? one it chooses to do. Here's the thing. Let your dog read the book. Give you the synopsis. That's a great um, idea. There's so many important oh, things oh. to read. Like the same back of the Frosted Flakes box that I've been reading since I was seven years old. You know what? You're, you're making a funny joke, and I appreciate it. No, no doubt about it. Um, but I will also say that there is literally infinite text for you to read. Yeah. Right? And so, like, you do have to, as a human being, rank order the things that you're going to read during your life. I strongly, strongly suggest to you that book is not worth your time. You know what, Hunter? Let's make let's be let's be fair. How about if at the end of this episode, she makes one point that seems to be supportive of her claim that fat phobia is rooted in racism, uh-huh. then we will do her the ideological honor of reading the book she suggested. Right. Right? That'd be a good thing to do. If she actually challenges an idea that's worth, that's worth reviewing, then maybe we look into her literature. Sure, that's a, that's a great point. That's a fair, open-minded thing to do. Okay, it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> let's go on to the next point. So, she, yeah. she says you should read this book. She says, the main thing to understand is for the last 300-ish years, white folk have been marketing fatness as a black trait. Okay, let's dismantle that a little bit. For the past 300-ish years, white folk have been marketing fatness as a black trait. First thing right off the bat that strikes me here. I think I know what you're going to say. Can I oh, guess? try me. Yeah, 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 guess. The 300 years. No, that's not where I was going. Ah, go ahead. You go there, though. Start. Oh, I was just going to say that, like, um, the world's been here for slightly longer than 300 years. Slightly. So she's basically trying to say this is a distinctly American phenomena. She's, well, I think actually from the way that she's looking at, if maybe we'll look at this a little bit further, but it seems almost like a British or Victorian era thing that she's discussing here. I could be incorrect. but But my point being is that, like, it was happening well before that time or th- we've had fat people before this time we've had it in literature like before this time you know what i mean like it, it, it's ridiculous to time box this to 300 years and say this is the only thing that's ever influenced people's idea about fat people ever yeah well absurd uh, and the the ideas surrounding fatness have ebbed and flow throughout time you know right. now we're at the point where we see being fat as a as a health risk and of course it is however sure when the when you're talking about 700 800 years ago when yes uh, you've been greedy well and the life expectancy is only you know 38 anyway right then and a lot more people are dying of starvation than they are today then yes fat fatness is not nearly the health risk that it is today truly fatness is a is luxury yeah, well, it being a health risk is a sign of a prosperous and technologically advanced society, at least Absolutely. compared to our ancestors. So I, at least it's fair not to say that it was eternally that way. But right. I, I, don't, I don't know what claim she's making here. Let me focus in on one other thing, though. She immediately paints this 
as a monolithic issue. So right off the bat, she's a race baiter. White people have been marketing nothing. Specific white people have been marketing nothing or specific things as well as specific black people have been marketing specific things. A lot of people go through their entire lives without doing any kind of marketing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To, to say that white people as a monolith have been pitching black fatness for the past 300 years is completely absurd. Right. Because white people don't operate in a monolith and neither do, neither do black people. And you've right. accused them both of, of thinking and behaving monolithically in your first claim. This is a stupid way to argue. This is a stupid way to look at the world. Now, maybe she has something else in here that's worth looking at, but... The only thing that would make me consider that argument is if for some reason she had some data showing that there was, it was, there was a population trend, right? Like, say that women are more agreeable than men. Like, I understand the shorthand work that you're doing sure, in that sure. sentence. But that's not what's happening here. This is a... This is a accusation from a single book right and that we're now supposed to go and read and do all our homework it'd been perfectly fine to reference the statistic here it'd been perfectly fine to show us where this was happening and make us see and and try to confront what we're saying right now that hasn't happened right Right. so well and bizarre and this this is a common tactic of people who want to make these woke ideological arguments is that we are going to use the perverse actions of a subset of individuals and apply them to a race Yep. Right, and especially apply them retroactively to a race that is now full of people that have never thought of or engaged in such ideas. Correct. I've never once considered the idea of of marketing black fatness until this um, this lilac and whale implanted <laughs> the idea inception like into my head. Um, people say I have a big head, but not enough for her to invade my dreams. I would need a renovation and an expansion um, because she's quite large. I don't think my, my winding path hotel would be large enough. Hunter, I was at trivia last night, and I had to remember Relevant. the eight Leonardo DiCaprio movies that had been released since 2010. Okay. And literally, I only got Inception and The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Revenant. Yeah, The Revenant, Django Unchained. He told us the answers afterward. Um, wow. <laughs> but in the moment, <laughs> I, I was pathetic. Uh, wow. All right. So, right off the bat, we have a very ill-formed construction here. She goes on to say, This is regardless of whether or not black people individually were actually fat. That was irrelevant. Okay, maybe so. I'll just say right now, you can Google it, CDC, uh, fact check. Not that this is relevant to understanding the world in many, many ways. Non-Hispanic black adults had the highest age-adjusted prevalence of obesity. This is data from 2017 to 2018. They have almost a 50% obesity rate. Look, that's not vastly different from their white counterparts uh, who are at a 42% adult obesity rate. The only really divergent group in America is uh, non-Hispanic Asian adults who account who are only 17.4% obese as adults. So I don't know how that travels with time. All I know is that you certainly couldn't today put fat phobia against the black community at the feet of white people unless white people are feeding all of the black people and i just don't see i don't think that's the case no no it's it's a little bizarre and well i mean you you could say that this is a poverty problem right you could say that this is an education problem you know and all those things sure um and it probably is it it possibly is but i think the thing that that happens when you do something like this is you rob those people of that agency too you know right it's important not to you know Anybody can buy a scale and stand on it, right? And go, and then go online and figure out what their BMI is. Hunter, it's you're being hard. anti-ableist. I know. I'm so or sorry. ableist, just ableist. I, I see. Maybe you're not there. being anti-crippledist. What you have to do is put the wheelchair on the <laughs> scale, tar it, tar it, <laughs> then roll onto the wheelchair. Make sure you engage the brakes. That's a really interesting question. I wonder how that gets accomplished or if that's maybe not as much of a concern, uh, so to speak. I really couldn't um, say. 
I really don't know. Um, it's a point of ignorance on my part. But but the point being is, you know, it, it, it it's not that easy to take care of your weight, right? I'm sorry. Sure. It is it is it is easy to take care of your weight. It requires dedication. It requires it's not that work. fun. It's not fun at all. No, but and so I I think what's strange about you know that is well, you know anybody can manage it, and uh, you know we, we need to make sure that people are uh, looking at it and trying. It's it's crazy to me too that this is another point where the Asians just seem to be doing an amazing job. Just like they're super smart, they're super dedicated, they work harder than everybody else. Plus they're thin. I mean, there's nothing yeah. that they do halfway. There's we, literally we really, nothing they can't do. We, well, it's an important point because I think we, if you if, if you were a scientist and you were seeing one part of the population just outperform the other part on all the metrics that you were that you cared about, you would really want to find out why. And I don't think we 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 never asked that question because we never because the only thing that we could say that that would be is some form of racism is is holding them up, right? We don't really say that because. It, to say to begin to acknowledge that something was going right in that community where it was going bad in other minorities mm-hmm. would, would be to dismantle the narrative that we currently have. Right, it's, it's actually forcing us not to make progress. Well, also if 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 fat phobia mm-hmm. and it is a direct result of the marketing of obesity as a black trait, then yep. would it not be the the Asian devils? who are marketing <laughs> marketing fat to all the other races because there's sure. way more disparity in the obese numbers between Asian adults and white and black adults than there are between white and black adults, right? Like sure. they yeah. we we're both over in the 40s while they're at 17. So right. I, I don't know that that uh and this is this happens in every area. You know, America's a white patriarchal society and somehow Asian women are literally the richest people on planet earth right. uh, here in america specifically they are in america the richest people on the planet so right. and it's it just it's it's a argument that starts to fall apart you, you half the time you use these statistics the outcomes to reinforce your point and the other half you ignore them when they run counter to your point there's no statistical application here's the proper interpretation the the outcomes of any given event cannot be laid completely and necessarily at the predations of group infighting in a power struggle. Yes. That's the proper interpretation that you should do more analysis. Yeah, uh, here exactly you should right. certainly do more analysis. Okay. Let's talk about this marketing attempt. Yep. Hunter, do you want to read for us? Sure. Uh, she, Hannah goes on and she says, the message they spread was that black women specifically were ravenous and uncontrollable, and these barbaric traits made them fat. Okay, I agree with that. <laughs> what is she talking about? Person. Yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. Okay, I guess somebody did this once. Here, I'd like one. I'd like some examples. Like, I actually don't deny that this happened. Sure. I do deny its impact. Like I, I, no, yes. I would not be surprised if you could procure for me an advertisement that claimed like "Go crazy, Anaconda malt liquor." You know, like I wouldn't be surprised. I would mm-hmm. just, I just disagree with the longevity and the lasting cultural impact of that. Yes, I think that's a really good point, Chris. I, and I also feel like this is something that's rooted deeper in human nature. This is almost like, hey, you. We're the Greeks, right? And it's like, you know those greasy German barbarians to the north? Oh, my God. They never wash what they eat, those filthy, fat turds. You know what I mean? They like, really don't. Right. And and you get what I'm saying is, like, I think this is more of a other problem than it is a race problem, if that sure. makes sense. Or at least it, it doesn't translate well to the race problem that we have today if that makes sense right Uh, right right well and there's you know like i don't deny either that america is preoccupied with the health outcomes um and the health problems of white people but not because of a deep-seated racism because of a a utilitarian market driven 
system. And right. now we've progressed to a point where that's not necessary. But yeah, there's a reason reason that Band-Aids were beige. It wasn't because we wanted it to be apparent when black people got paper cuts. It was because to serve the, the vast, vast, vast majority of the population, beige was a more reasonable color choice. And now we've expanded to the point where there are black Band-Aids. Fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Of course. I think... I think now that that's been an example that's been used so frequently in all these studies that it's a little bit uh, politically charged and politically motivated is probably the right way to say it. But of course, that's great. If that makes people more comfortable, I'm happy that they have them. Um, Christopher, what if those Band-Aids are white passing? I Here's, here's the thing I'm concerned about, Hunter. Okay. I'm worried that these Band-Aids are going to get into the hands of Afro, the Afro-Latino community, and they're going to yes. be far too light. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. It's depressing. Sad and sad. There should be entire Home Depot paint sections dedicated to the mixing of the proper pigment for your Band-Aid. Changed my mind. These people have Dane Bramage. On the flip side, thinness was marketed as a white trait. Again, regardless of whether or not individual white people were actually thin, that was irrelevant. So just like facts were irrelevant to these horrible people in the past, they're irrelevant to us today, which is great. Dude, we made we made McDonald's. That was all <laughs> us. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't we know what you're talking that. about. We literally we literally built an empire on the back of breading and frying chicken and peanut oil. And here's how fat white people are. We had to revolutionize the drive-through line so that we could get it faster. Yes. I, it's just, I just, again, is this possible? Yes. And, and could I put together a slideshow of a bunch of thin white people in advertisements and fat black people in advertisements? Yes, I could. And could you do exactly the opposite? Yes, you could. But what this fails to do in any logical way is to make the case that there is a connection between the advertisements we see and our subsequent behavior. It's the same as the implicit associations test, right? Like, Hunter, sure, you can see that there's an in-group preference, but can you actually derive a causal link between that in-group preference and any emancipated singular behavior that an individual engages when in on the basis of that in-group preference. There's no study here. So even if you're saying that this marketing was going on, you know, there's a lot of times that I see an advertisement for a Coke and I don't drink one. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to draw that causal link. And this is an even more complicated causal link because no one was selling fatness to black people. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or thinness to white people or fat phobia to anyone. Right. If anything, there's gyms that, um, you know, are selling thin, the idea of being thin to lots of different people. But well, this is the thing is thin sells our, itself to ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like we look at people that are thin and when we go, oh, wow, that person is attractive. And that's a really interesting word that we use there. Right. And then you we do the exact opposite. Right. When we see fat people and we might even feel awkward around them because like we feel embarrassed for them in some way. Right. And so mm-hmm. like the thing that's really interesting about that is it's just a human emotion. Right. That's just a human reaction. It's it's not based on race or anything like that. It's just based on an appearance. And you can obviously see why that would be a good thing to have. Right. Because you want to be with people that are fit, strong, powerful, because they can help you do stuff. You want to be with people that are fit, strong and all that other stuff because they can probably raise children like all those things matter. And they tell you more things about what that person is capable of, uh, the challenges that person can overcome and all that has nothing to do with that person's race that has nothing to do with that person's worth it just has to help it's just a real life experience that you will have interacting with that it, person it's it's thomas sow's what type 1b prejudice sure you're making it's a it's a it's a decision or distinction that you can make with imperfect information correct right and that's correct. we have to make those decisions right. it's not wrong for us to make those decisions it's not we wrong to. also to seek to seek more information. Not wrong either. We have to be able to judge people at a certain extent, right? We right. have to be able to say that the drawing that your daughter made is not Renoir, right? Right. She's nowhere even close. And we have to be able to, it, just even for copyright to exist, we have to be able to do that, right? So, right. anyway. Well, Hannah continues, again, regardless of whether or not the individual uh, 
the white individual were actually thin, that was irrelevant. So just more expositing. The idea was that white women specifically were refined and restrained, and this led them to having delicate, thin bodies, uh, Fullendorf concluded. Over the years, these messages have become more subtle, but even today, they are still very prevalent in conversations around race, health, capitalism, and poverty. Okay. So she basically repeats herself and then says that, well, now I don't have any good examples for you, but I yes. have a bunch of dog whistles that can be interpreted as examples if you seed me the intellectual ground before I show them to you. That's exactly, I mean, you are not iron manning your own case here by saying that the examples have gone underground. And this is the specter of racism that leaks behind every street corner and every new yes. development and every baseball stadium and yes. every, every shirt and every store and everything everywhere all the time. Humans are incredibly good at recognizing patterns. Smart humans are incredibly good at making up patterns. I, I can make a reason for everything in this room to be racist. And Hunter, that has, that's mostly because my recording studio is full of Nazi regalia. But the other reason is that, no, it's just, it's just ignorant. You can, you can make everything racist. You can write a racist narrative for every electronic. You can write one for every piece of paper. You can write one for every, every color in the, entire, in the entire rainbow. You can write a racist narrative if you want to look for that pattern. Doesn't mean it's there. Not at all. I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's very important to remember that experts are mostly ignorant, right? And what yep. I mean by that is that just because you know something very specifically does not mean you know everything. But there's a very easy tendency for people to believe once they become an expert in a single area that they are masters of everything, mm -hmm. right? And we have a little bit of that in our age because A, internet, and B, jack of all trades, right? Like we have both of those ideas in our head and we, we try to master a bunch of different aspects. Um, what I think we have a lot with these people that are graduating from college with these bizarre degrees and bizarre uh, things that counseling has kind of led to. Um, you know, Hannah claims to be a fat liberationist and is a counselor for people. That's why I'm bringing that up. Um, the, the thing that's just in, insane about all of that is these people that are intelligent Christopher, they do exactly what you said. They find patterns everywhere, and they find the patterns to fit their narrative, and they say, it must be right. I have a degree. It mm -hmm. must be right. I'm a counselor. It must be right. I wouldn't make this up. And they can trick themselves uh, because they're so learned. And, I, I, you know, it would be interesting to see how many good books these people have read. It would be interesting to see how much they've actually invested in learning about culture and things like that. Because there is going to be there is going to be a limitation there. There has to be a limitation there. And the fact that they aren't more respectful of people in their other domains is kind of bizarre. Yeah, that's a great point, Hunter. So, for instance, here she is, a fat liberation counselor, right? And yet she's making claims about marketing. So yes. you're exactly correct that... People feel that they become an expert in one field, and then anything that connects to that field, they are therefore an expert on. Couldn't be further from the truth. You actually have to study the interaction between two different fields to know how they play together. And so being an expert on fat acceptance or fat pride doesn't make you an expert on fat in marketing. It makes you ignorant, mostly ignorant, mostly myopic. And this person prop. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it's sad that the arguments from authority are increasing as the, uh, simultaneously as the prestige of these authorities is decreasing. We're more apt to go, oh, well, she's a fat pride counselor. At the same time where we're pretending like fat pride counselor is a thing anyone should care about at all. Mm. Anyhow. It's bizarre. Um, it, it's definitely a problem, and I think we, I think we, we really, really need, we need a lot of things in our culture. But one thing that we need is, um, if you're smart, that means you're not an expert on everything, right? We need that. We need that learned. Second, we we desperately need to realize that the experts within institutions are concerned with preserving institutions, not necessarily our good. And mm -hmm. I think we, we have to remember that for, because we have a lot of corrupt institutions and nothing displays that more than critical race theory. And third, 
we have to get these ideologies that are possessing our culture, that are possessing the zeitgeist, that are possessing the Overton window out. We need back the core values of this country, free speech, right? freedom of uh, association, freedom of press, freedom of all these things. And it's going to be tempting to do what we've seen right extremists do, and that is to get on a forum on the Internet and just start doing nonsense there and be little turds and basically act in this way that is like so hyper masculine and so just um, childish that it doesn't actually accomplish anything in the real world. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them extremists. I'd call them far right. But I'm, I understand where you're going. Thanks. That's probably a good thing to, to take out the extremists from that language. And I think I think it's it's time for people with cogent arguments with reason thought to push back on this and just say no you don't know what you're talking about and mm -hmm. when the person comes who does know what they're talking about we'll listen to them right you know but you don't get to but you can you can say whatever th you want but we all get the right to think you're dumb right you know? <laughs> well and, and then they I, exactly hunter we should have this discussion and and here's the thing this is the insidious part is to question it is illicit right but at right. the end here she's already called whiteness into question saying that whiteness was creating fat phobia and that fat phobia is rooted in sexism so if someone's not attracted to you because you're fat then that's because they're also racist which is a crazy right. accusation to level and then she says that oh it's all subtle i can't show you any examples of it however it's it's endemic in our conversations which is a mealy mouth way to say my the things that i say a bunch of the time about right race health capitalism and poverty so dumb uh, there's yeah. not enough time in the day to recount all the ways in which you are dumb but this leads us to a very important question why 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 is hannah here making this argument why is there a space for hannah to make this argument why is there demand for this argument why is there four hundred thousand views for this argument and this this is an important part of the ideological stripping of any given idea once you've realized that it doesn't meet muster to fit it into a cohesive worldview. And that doesn't mean that it has to adhere to your priors. By the way, you have to do this if it confronts and confounds your priors as well. In fact, then it's even more important, but it's important to file this away and attempt to ascertain a motive, a motive that could be disproven later upon more learning. This is a way that you continuously refine your model and refine your worldview so this isn't this isn't a decision to make and then stick to your guns and never question it's important to take this as a data point in either the pro or con column of your current structure your current your current uh worldview and it's hard not to fall into bias there uh here i don't think we will so uh just we'll talk about hannah a little bit According to her website, she offers coaching sessions for $180 per hour for individuals and $228 per hour for couples. She also notes that income-based reduced fees are not available at this time. So she, <laughs> that's that last bit Insane. is hilarious to me. She's charging people $200 an hour to tell them it's okay to be fat. Hi, you can actually kill yourself by congenital heart disease for free. Uh, right. You don't have no to pay anyone required. to do that. So already we see a conflict of interest, but I think it's actually worse than that. In her own words, uh, discussing her experiences, my personal and ongoing experiences with fat phobia and sexism have fueled my desire to see people free from the prison of self-hate and internalized oppression. My goal is to support all of my clients in reaching their goals and stepping into their power. I practice from an H-A-E-S and fat liberation lens. I aim for my work to create a space of collaboration and empowerment. How much space will you have to create to fit all those fat people inside of it? Quite a lot. So Hannah, cheers to you. Uh, you didn't exactly change our minds today, but um, I, I think that explains exactly why she is making this claim. And she almost gets it right. She wants to free, pr free people from the prison of self-hate and internalized oppression. Well, there's two ways to do that. Actually, there's just one way. But there's a good way to facsimilate it. One is to pretend that the obvious scientific 
health, moral objections that people have to your viewpoint, to your lifestyle are reasonable. Pretend that social norms exist for a purpose. Pretend that for a moment you are not just necessarily good the way that you are, right? You can ignore all of that and say, anybody that says I am not perfect right now is a bigot. And that's exactly what Hannah is choosing to do here. And it is completely internalized oppression. She is being held together in a prison of self-hate. And she's helping other people now not to assist them because what they need is, well, we'll get to that in just a minute. But, but instead, she's just patting them on the head while they lead to greater and greater health complications while she pockets $200. Not for them, but to make herself feel better about her own lack of efficacy and ability to control her appetite, her urges, her weight, her desires. Who knows? Um, uh, it's obvious for a lot of reasons that she's not an incredibly motivated or um, fulfilled person. The, the, the other option is to admit to yourself that the world might have something to teach you. And you're not perfect the way you are right now. And there's something that you could learn. Here's, here's the dead ringer. I said we were going to come back to it. Here's your reminder that fat phobia is rooted in racism. She's not interested in teaching you something that you don't know. She's interested in reminding you. She's interested in making sure that you know that she thought of something that you forgot. You need reminders for things you forget. This is her goal. This is the goal of many of these people on the left. They're not interested in making things better. They're interested in cashing in on social currency. That's why this is a reminder and not a lesson. Because a reminder is an indictment. An indictment that you're not everything that you could be. That you should have been thinking of this when only I was thinking of this. That's her goal. That's her purpose. Insidious, maybe, foolish, certainly, fat, indubitably. It's good, Chris. Yeah, I think you I think you made a great point there. You know, you can take what people the world gives you and you can either change and adjust to it or it can be or you can say it's wrong, sick and corrupted and I shouldn't listen to it because I'm smarter and wiser. I, you know, and it, it's important to remember that there are bullies, right? There are people out there that want to make you feel grief, misery and pain because they enjoy making people feel those emotions. That's horrible. That's awful. That's all those things. I bet in your own experience, if you're honest with yourself, most of the times that people were doing that in your life, it was because they wanted to correct you and they wanted you to be the best version of yourself that you could be. That's mm -hmm. mostly what a parent does. Now, I'll be the first. You mean the in. first time they pointed out your deficiencies? Yes, exactly. What's, um, Hunter, that's so cool. I don't lose your point because I, I want to know where you're going with this. People sure. can point out your deficiencies for good or bad reasons. Yes, and it can still be incumbent on you to fix them. Yes, that's absolutely right. Um, and so there's, there's, three, there's three options here. One, somebody is pointing out uh, a fault in you that you do not possess to yep. make you feel miserable. Yes. Two, somebody's pointing a fault in you possess that you d do actually possess, and they are doing it to make you feel miserable. Right? right. They want you, it is a true thing about you, and you uh, and that person is a bad actor somebody is a good actor wants you to be better and is pointing a fault in you right and there's a range in between all of those right but if it's one if it's two or three it behooves you to listen to it right, right. it behooves you to be something to, to because it is going to make you better regardless if you don't like the way it's it, the message is packaged um and i think what people will experience is if they look on the their past life and they think about it most of the correction they received, most, most of the rebuke, most of the reproof, is going to fall in either categories two or three. Mm -hmm. There is probably some that falls in category one, and it probably sticks out more than the others because it is so hurtful and it can be so painful, right? But it doesn't change the fact, Chris, that that's the minority of the way human beings interact with each other. And if it was, why would you respond with grief when someone corrects you? Right. Grief is there to help you hold on to the moment so that you don't forget it and it sticks in your memory so that you have a chance to correct for it. Right. If if the world operated in a way that was contrary to that, 
why would your body want to hold on to that information? Mm -hmm. Why is that a pre and that's that's not a that's not something you get to choose. That is the cost of being human. Yeah, no, right? it's biological. Because exactly because quite right. literally it might save your life. Exactly right. And so it's it's if nothing else your body tells you this because it believes it's better for you to listen to people than to ignore them, mm -hmm. right? Before you even get the chance to process the information, right? So, holy cow, it sucks that people hijack that system. It absolutely does. But you cannot treat the system that is there before you are even born as something that's corrupt. Right? Sure, sure. Listen to it, use it, follow it. And so, that's anyway. us here at Carl Pulling, right? I mean, I think that we're a show that literally wants the best for people. Um, sure. And we're kind of mean sometimes about it. And it, sure. we point out things that are probably painful to deal with. Hey, look, do you know why? Because I want to be a number three guy. I want to, but I'll <laughs> settle for number two. That's and fair. with that, I would say if you or someone that you know has been a client of Hannah's and paid $200 for a it's okay to die at age 30 of heart failure conversation or whatever, I don't know what she calls. Like, I don't know how she markets her classes. But instead of paying money, why don't I save you some? Because if you've been one of her clients, I guarantee you that there are products that you simply must have right now at fnfspit.com slash carlpooling. Boom. Amazing transition. Gave her $200? Why not give us $400? That's right. But actually save money because we're going to give you things like protein, maybe fat, caffeine-laden fat-burning pills so that yeah. you don't have to look like a Hannah for the rest of your life. Hannah, if you're listening, look, I know we kind of went in hard, you. but you can still be our friend. You can still use checkout code CARLPULLING right now at fnxfit.com, 15% off your nutritional supplies. And um, if, you're, if you're there, uh, send, send FNX an email. Ask them if they have ever heard one of our shows and ask them why in the world they continue to sponsor us. It's uh, that would mean a lot to us. That That's the show, guys. Thanks for listening in. Like I said, not one of our most important. I think it's an important thing to engage in. It's an important process. Obviously, this topic is uh, not the most the most important case. But no. like I said, we got a bunch of cool things planned coming up, so stick with us. Leave us that review on iTunes. Five stars only. If you want to leave any less, please do that to the Young Turks show, and they will forward it on to us. They handle anything for us lower than five stars. Yes. And uh, you can reach out to Hunter at Emotional Carl. I'm at Chris X Carl. Our email is carlpooling at gmail.com, and you can see all of our links, episodes, uh, socials, whatever you'd like over at carlpooling.com. Hunter, any parting shots? Man, kids, it has been quite the show. Please get out of the back seat. We're home. Drop a get tested on them one time, Hunter. And get tested. Get tested.